And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. First one, BJ Penn is rumored to be fighting again. A lot of people have bemoaned this notion, and I get it. I don't want to see the fight either. Ever since that weird fight he had with Frankie Edgar nearly five years ago, it was obvious to me that it was time to hang it up. It was obvious to BJ too because he retired after that fight, only to come back. His last win was in 2010, but he just can't let it go. He can't seem to find himself outside of the identity of being a fighter. Who gets the blame for him getting in the octagon again? Is it the UFC? Should it be the UFC? I don't think so. The promoter's job is to make money. And if the fighter can fight and money can be made, that's what they're there for. It's the commission's job to ensure that fighters are fit to compete. This proposed fight is supposedly uh, being scheduled, or I should say it's rumored, for the UFC 237 card in Brazil versus Clay Guida. And the Brazilian commission is one that tends to play well with the UFC. If the people want to see him fight and the commission gives the green light I mean we we can't do anything about it one thing that may also benefit him regarding this is that he's been training with Novo Yao recently so he could get some of that Brazilian hometown love and rub because of that but man I don't want to see BJ fight anymore and I really really pray that these commissions would take a look at his record and not give him a license to fight they're there to save the fighters make sure that it's a safe environment and when you've been fighting as long as BJ and losing the way that he's been losing it's really not for him at least that's what I think what do you think call in let me know leave your social handle when you do the number is 470-228-MTMV. That's 470-228-MTMV. Or if you're on the Anchor.fm app, you can leave a message there as well. Doing so will not only give you a chance to get on the podcast, but it'll also enter you to win two free tickets to Bellator 220. At the Pond in Anaheim, California. I'm sorry, in uh, San Jose, California. Shark Tank. Wrong um, wrong arena and wrong hockey team is at the SAP Center in San Jose, California. All right. On the opposite end of the world and spectrum, we got the PFL who rolled out the first wave of contestants for season two. And they'll roll out the second wave in a couple weeks. 
if you watched last season, then you know if you fought on New Year's Eve in the final, then you were invited back for season two. And that's what they shared with us. The only little twist and turn in that is that there's no middleweight division for season two. So the season one middleweight champ, Lewis Taylor, is coming down to welterweight. Now, he looked huge on the selection show. Looked like he should be going up in weight to 205. So I'm wondering if he's biting off more than he can chew trying to drop to this weight class. Now, what's more interesting on the PFL front is that all of its regular season fights will take place in one of two venues. Like I said, opposite ends of the spectrum for Bellator 220, which is in California. These will be on the East Coast, specifically round one being at the Nassau Coliseum in New York, round two being at the Oceans Casino Resort in Atlantic City, New Jersey. On one end, I like it because it gives camps a chance to set up in one spot if they have multiple fighters. And I know uh, with the Dagestani contingency that has been in the PFL, yeah, you're going to have multiple fighters that are going to be fighting in the PFL so being able to set up shop in one space and go from there you know what gyms to go to you know where to get your food you know the different places to cut weight you you gotta have everything mapped out and have it there for the first two rounds which will be over about a two two and a half month period on the other hand It can make the PFL look more like a regional promotion than a major player. We'll have to see where the playoffs and the finals take place, see if they mix it up a bit, and get out of the uh, Northeast. All right. Last on headlines and hot takes, we're going to give you our prayer list for the week. And Miracle Krokop is on that list. He announced his retirement and it wasn't due to damage sustained in fighting per se but it was due to a stroke I hate to hear this but life happens to all of us and as time goes on we become more susceptible to these things if there's any solace regarding him stepping away from the sport that he loves he won his last fight it was a co-main event versus Roy Big Country Nelson at Bellator 216 which ironically took place on February 16th of this year alright that's it for headlines and hot takes up next some sweet science conversation in the old one two hey we're super happy to be talking to expert NBA analyst Chris Broussard founder of the King Movement Chris, what is the King Movement, and what are some major events coming up soon? King Movement, King is an acronym that stands for Knowledge, Inspiration, and Nurture Through God. It essentially is a Christian men's movement, a national Christian men's movement. I want to invite all the men out to the King Summit, the fifth annual King National Summit. The theme this year is Return to Royalty, because we as men need to return to being the royal priesthood that God has called us to be. And so I want to invite all men out there uh, to come check it out. Young men, older men, 
It's going to be a Friendship Baptist Church. We're going to have great, inspiring praise and worship. We're going to have enlightening workshops and breakout sessions. We're going to have uh, great prayer, great celebrity speakers and guests. Uh, and we're also going to have a three-on-three basketball tournament that anyone can play in. Please go register at kingmovement.com. That's kingmovement.com as soon as possible. It is March 28th through the 31st, 28th through the 31st. Hey, thank you, Chris. That is in Atlanta, Georgia. Man, look, if it's anything like the huddle, you will not want to miss this event. Go register right now, right now at kingmovement.com. Yo, 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 this your boy E-Hud, God's MC, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Peace. Now, step between the ropes and into the squared circle for the old one two. And the old one two begins on a bit of a somber note. Because Panamanian Hall of Famer Subio Pedroza died of pancreatic cancer in his home nation on March 1st. He held the featherweight version of the WBA title for eight straight years from the late 70s to 1985. Retiring in 92, he entered the International Hall of Fame in the year Prince made famous. 1999 well moving on next week there's gonna be a party deep in the heart of Texas as Errol the Truth Spence Jr. and Mikey Garcia put their undefeated records on the line against one another in a face to face with Brian Campbell moderator Spence was extremely confident telling Garcia that he's faster, stronger, smarter, harder-hitting, and a grittier fighter. Garcia said, I'm going to let my boxing do the talking. I'll let you do all the talking right now. He also said, anytime the media is around, he's going to talk. So, Garcia, are you going to talk or no? Which, which one is it? And Spence was like, look, I want you to keep the same energy when you see me that you have when you're talking with the media. Bring that same energy into the ring on March 16th. Now, it was a civil, respectful discussion, but it looked like Spence had the mental edge. Garcia's coming up two weight classes for this one, which could give Spence a false sense of security. Garcia has 15 more pro fights than Spence does, though and six more years of pro experience. So they're only two years apart in age. The fight is going to be in Cowboy Stadium. And by admission, it's the biggest fight of Spencer's career. The sizable Latino community should come out in full support of Garcia. But Spence was bred in Texas, DeSoto, Texas, and lives there now. He dreamed as a boy of competing in Cowboy Stadium in football. He'll get a chance to compete, but
but it'll be in the squared circle versus the gridiron. EJ told Mikey, if I catch you, I'm a spark you. Garcia feels like he can KO Spence if he catches him too, though. And when training under the eye of UFC great Dominic Cruz, Mikey's father told his brother, who's his trainer, Mikey's trainer, that he feels that Mikey is stronger and hits harder than Spence. Now, that could be looking through rose-colored glasses as he's looking at his son who he loves is undefeated could EJ's confidence though really be arrogance could Garcia's experience be the deciding factor all this is speculation we'll know for sure next week the televised lineup for this weekend though on Friday March 8th on the zone from Milan, Italy, you have 15 and 0, Danielle King Toretto Scardina, who's from Italy, facing 11 and 15, Henri Kakalian for the vacant IBF super middleweight title. Staying across the pond and on a streaming platform from London on ESPN Plus. Liam Williams will face Joe Mullender in a 12-round middleweight bout. And then south of the border, in Mexico, on Telemundo, you have Saul Juarez versus Mario Andrade. That's a 10-round junior flyweight bout. On Saturday, March 9th, from Verona, New York, on the zone, back on the zone. WBA number three ranked champ. Not the number three ranked champ of the WBA. The WBA's champ. Number three ranked by Ring Magazine. At light heavyweight. Dimitri Bivol looks to defend his title against the number nine ranked light heavyweight in the world, Joe Smith Jr. On Saturday night as well. From Vegas, the fight capital of the world, on Fox, number four, ranked by ring, WBC welterweight titleist, Sean Porter, will take on number eight, ranked your Dennis Ugas, for Porter's welterweight title. Also on this card, you got Robert the Ghost Guerrero versus Everson Herrera as an eight round welterweight bout. Honestly, I wish he wasn't fighting. I thought he was retired. It seems like he's coming back. The fact that it's only eight rounds and it's at welterweight makes me a bit more comfortable, but I really wish the ghost would stop fighting. That's just my opinion. And now it's time to go back between the ropes and exit the squared circle because we're done with the old one too but on the other side we'll preview one championship reign of valor mic check one two one two it's your man J kills representing my team my voice and i'm the host of the number one sports show on the planet star talk where we talk everything about your team, America's team, 
the Dallas Cowboys every Saturday night right here on Anchor, my team, my voice. One Championship presents Reign of Valor on Friday, March 8th from Yangon, Myanmar. The undercard has some notable names within the one organization. You got Potal in the co-main event, former strawweight champ Yoshitaka Naito, who will be looking to get back in the win column after losing that title to Joshua Paschal. He'll face Wushu star, winner of his last five fights, Rene de Challenger Catalan. The main event features welterweight champ, 11-4 Sebastian the Bandit Kadastan, looking for his first title defense versus the 20-5 Georgie Knight Kitchigan fighting out of Kazakhstan. The Bandit's last loss was to former one welterweight champion and current UFC contender Funky Ben Askren. Though riding a two-fight win streak into the matchup, the champ's 3-2 in his last five. Georgie, on the other hand, he hasn't lost in over three years. Knight has been busy in this time with almost as many wins in those three years as Zabashtin has fights. He's making his one debut and looking to become the champ. Kitchigan's last win was by strikes, but 14 of his 20 victories have come by submission. Sebastian, on the other hand, oh, he likes to stand and bang, winning nine of his 11 via strikes. So this is a classic striker versus grappler matchup, and the winner walks away with one championship goal. Let's take a pause for the calls. When I come back, we'll preview UFC Wichita. Yo, this is Maddie Ray, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. The UFC ventures into new territory this Saturday, March 9th, setting up shop at the Intrust Bank Arena in the Sunflower State. 21 and 12, Tim the Barbarian Bosch takes on Omari Wolverine Akhmedov, who brings his 17-4 and 1 record to this middleweight bout. The Dagestani fighter Akhmedov also has a two-fight win streak. But he hasn't darkened the door of the octagon in over a year. Standing across from him is the always game barbarian who's traded wins and losses for about two years now and is due for a W if that streak continues. Since 2013, Bosch hasn't had a fight go to the judges. He's either stopped his opponent or he's been stopped. I really believe that's why the matchmakers put this as the curtain jerker because it has a potential to kick off the main card in a big way. Next fight, you have a lightweight bout 
between 15-4-1, Benil, Benny, Darius, and 20-8, Drew Dober. Benny's 3-2 in his last five fights, and he won his last outing via unanimous decision. Dober, on the other hand, is 4-1 and, and riding a three-fight win streak. On paper, gotta be honest, this is not the most exciting matchup. So I hope it's one of those surprising fights that stands out. Dariush has been known to do big things. It's just been slowed down by some unfortunate and untimely losses. And again, Dover has been on a major win streak, but they haven't been the kinds of fights that really stand out. Next card up, or to say next fight up on the card, we have 16 and 2, Blagoy Baga Ivanov versus 36 and 10, Ben Rothwell. This is a heavyweight bout, and it's the voices marquee matchup. Baga, the former WSOF and PFL champ, didn't look the best in his UFC debut and dropped only his second fight in his career to the headliner of this card, Junior Dos Santos. From watching his fights, I know that Baga has much more to offer than what he showed back in July. It's been a couple years since we've seen the King of Kenosha, and his last fight was a loss and that was also to Junior Dos Santos. That derailed the UFC title contender campaign that Rothwell was on as he had won his last four fights up to that meeting with Junior Dos Santos, who went on to fight Stipe Miocic for the title after beating the King of Kenosha. Can Rothwell come back and be the dominant fighter that he was before the suspension. That's why this is the Voices Marquee matchup. Both fighters have a lot to prove in a division where a couple wins can get you a date with the champ. Next fight on the card, you have 28-10-1. Tim the Dirty Bird means facing 12 and 2. Nico, the hybrid price at welterweight. This should also be a very, very interesting matchup. Because Means always looks to bring it. And he's going to need to do just that to get a win, which would start the first victory streak that he's had since 2016. The Dirty Bird can submit you. But most of the time, his hand gets raised because of his hands. The hybrid has only suffered two losses in his career. Both of those have been in the UFC. And the last one was in his last fight where he was brutally KO'd in September. How will the hybrid respond to his first KO loss? That's the question he'll have to answer Saturday night. Like the Dirty Bird, Price likes to throw those hands so expect this to be a stand and bang affair this was almost the voices marquee matchup because of the action potential that this fight has I mean they should really be going at it but the upside on the bout before this one was greater which is why I got the nod 
the co-main event pits 20 and 5 Elizu Capoeira Zaleski versus 17 and 3 Curtis Curtis Millender at welterweight so a lot of welterweight fights on this card both of these fighters are undefeated in their last five fights both have winning streaks that date back to 2015 Millender has seemed to be a bit busier though and he has had more stoppages during this time both are just outside of the top 10 as far as the welterweights are concerned which is a stacked division and an exciting performance could be just what the doctor ordered and keep the winner of the fight in the spotlight especially when it comes to fight placements this is such an evenly matched fight that it's hard to tell who has the the advantage and where they both can stand and bang and strike uh, Capoeira might be a little flashy I mean he's got some flying knee uh, knockouts some spinning heel knockouts but Curtius will put his foot upside your head in the main event of the evening it's a heavyweight bout between former UFC champ 20 and 5 junior Segano Dos Santos and recent title contender 21 and 6 Derek the Black Beast Lewis. The poster tells us how the UFC hopes that this fight will play out. JDS has 14 knockouts, Lewis has 18. That's an 85% stoppage rate for the man from Houston and a 70% stoppage rate for the Nova Unyan product. Both are 3 and 2 in the last 5 bouts. Coming into this matchup though, JDS has a bit more momentum because his last two fights were wins, including a knockout of Bam Bam Tatui Vasa in his last fight. Derek is coming in, you know, on a, a little different note because his last fight was a loss in a title fight to DC, and DC was hurt. And that was just back in November. The winner of this fight stays atop the heavyweight division, only needing a win, maybe two at the most, to get another crack at the belt. If the matchmakers and the marketing team are right, the big boys will close out the show in style. The undercard for this, which the entire card will be on ESPN Plus. I failed to say that at the beginning, but whole cards on ESPN Plus. So if you don't have it, might want to pony up that $5 to get it because you get boxing and all this great UFC action. Anyway, the undercard gets mad, mad shout outs from your man, The Voice, this week. I mean, you got The Last Samurai, Louis Smoker, taking on Matt Danger Schnell. Former title challenger Yana Kuniskaya versus my favorite gym teacher, Marion the Belizean Bruiser Renault. You got Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series alum 
the pulsing Grant Dawson making his UFC debut versus Juicy J, Julian Arosa, who's a tough alum. I want to take a quick moment and a side note, salute to Muslim Salikov as he's been listed as a pulser as well, uh, got cleared and will be able to fight. Pulsing is what kept Grant Dawson out for so long. It's been about a year since he won on Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series and it's just now getting a chance to fight in the UFC because they had to get this whole pulsing issue cleared up. If both of those pulsing fighters can fare as well as the most famous pulsing fighter, John Jones, oh, they'll be very successful. The featured prelim for this card, UFC Wichita, is Anthony Rocco Martin, y'all, versus Sergio Moraes. I mean, man, phenomenal fight. And honestly, a couple of these fights should have been on the main card, if you ask me. Up next, the official results. What's up, guys? John here. Coming at you, representing Tinseltown, La La Land itself. That's right. It's LA Confidential bringing you the newest Laker podcast, up-to-date game breakdown, up-to-date game analysis, what is scenarios, outlooks for the season, whatever it is. If it's Lakers, I'm bringing it on the MTMV Sports Podcast Network, trying to start your week off right every Monday with LA Confidential. Thank you. Come hang out. Ready. Hey yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, aka Booby, and you listening to MTMV Sports Scat. This concludes episode 81 of the MTMV main card. If the Lord says the same, I'll be back at it again next week. In a little AAA MMA news, you've got both Kombache and Cage Warriors in action this week. Kombache will be on the zone this Friday, and Cage Warriors will be on Fight Pass Saturday afternoon. Do me a favor. Tell a friend to tell a friend about MTMV Sports. You can subscribe to us and review us on your favorite audio platforms. We are out here, y'all. Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio. Wherever you want to listen to us, we're there for you. Sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, host of the MTMV main card. And I'm sounding off. Baseball fans rejoice. It's my team, my voice. For the most baseball coverage on MTMV Sports, tune into the Out of the Pin podcast every other Friday night. Join me, Eric Boston, and the rest of the Out of the Pin baseball team as we bring you interviews, discussions, and the latest happenings from around the baseball world. It's the Out of the Pin podcast. Check out our website at outofthepinbaseball.com 
where you always get baseball from a fan's perspective. 